In this episode, we're going to take a look at general espionage strategy and focus a little bit on cyber espionage strategy. And we're going to talk about China and Russia, how their strategies differ. We see them a lot in the news with espionage and even cyber attacks and cyber espionage. And often we get the two countries confused. And then when somebody comes out and says why one country may have done it over the other, people don't want to believe that. And typically it's because of their own emotions or political reasons. Just for example, look at meddling in our elections. There's times we believe it's Russia and times we don't. It really has to do with who's running for president. So how does that really work? What are their espionage tactics and strategies? Where does cyber espionage fit in? What's the difference between the two countries and how do they see the espionage strategy different from us? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. No matter how much somebody understands espionage or believe they understand espionage, we often attribute the idea that to be equal in all parts on how everybody does it and how their views are, and that's just not always the case. China's a primary example of that on how they view espionage compared to us. Now, one thing they do the same as us, and most countries commit espionage do, is they're getting information for intelligence purposes, whatever those goals and missions are. It focuses on national collection priorities and what they need information for and on. And then we have things like industrial espionage, which typically happens between countries, not really governments, or at least government intelligence agencies. It's very rare that those have to do with their intelligence mission. People want trade secrets. They want the financial advantage. They want to see what the new technology is. Now, where technology should clue you in, if you've been following this in the news, is how much espionage has been technology-based and aerospace-based from China. That's because one of the things the Chinese strategy does is they incorporate industrial espionage with their national intelligence objectives, which other countries tend not to do that. A large portion of the intelligence they provide and try to acquire has to do with the industrial aspect. That a lot has to do with how their countries run, the way all their internal stuff works, the influence they have over their people and their financial sectors, as well as their private businesses and private sector. That's why they do that, and it's so different. So that's one of the things that threw people off when that started ramping up in the last few years is how they were doing that based on their own national objectives where nobody else does that. A lot of times people were looking for things that weren't necessarily Chinese national intelligence agencies when that's what they should have been looking at because nobody really does that. That's just something that's different. One thing that Russia does is called information operations. Information operations or information warfare, but information operations, a couple of ways that can really be done. Primarily what they do is you go to a target country, whatever it is, so in this case, Russia targeting the United States, and you manipulate information from trusted sources. And you do this for a couple of reasons. One is to discredit that trusted source if that's what you need to do. But another way, an often more effective way, and it's a little more subtle, is take advantage of a current event, a current situation, or national feelings and emotions of the general public by manipulating that information of a trusted source, not to discredit that source. In fact, you want them to trust that source. You do it to benefit yourself as the country that's targeting another. So one of the things we saw with elections was, was whether or not Russia was doing it. Well, yes, they did meddle in many of the ways that were described as well as some others. Does that mean that the people running knew about it? No, it does not. And if that information is out there, it's definitely not out there in the eye of the public or Congress. So that's kind of a moot point, but it's just to say that, yes, they absolutely do that. One thing Russia does that China doesn't is information operation. It's because Russia isn't really afraid of us. I think it has to do with the longstanding history through the Cold War, the where things are, 
just their geographic location, how close they are to Europe and being Putin, they're not really afraid of the blowback where China is. China is concerned about the blowback and the reactions we'll have even if they go beyond sanctions and how much that affects them, especially because of how heavily invested they are in their country and we're invested with them and our financial ties between the two. Russia doesn't quite have as many of those ties. They have a lot more that they can risk, whereas China, not so much. They're afraid of the blowback. Now, that's not to say that they don't do it or couldn't do it. It's just definitely not a primary thing they focus on. Whereas Russia doesn't tend to do industrial espionage against us, it's definitely, based on that previous description of our financial ties and trade ties, it's definitely to China's advantage to do those types of espionage activities through the national collection objectives. So that's kind of the difference between the two. So when you hear something, you see something, and it's, hey, it's more nefarious in nature, information operations, manipulating information to get us to be influenced in order to make decisions or do things differently. Probably, if it's a nation state, probably Russia, not China, if you have to pick between the two. If it has to do with technology, aerospace, some sort of advancement in industrial espionage, probably China. Now, here's the thing. They're doing most of this through cyber activities. There's still a lot of traditional espionage stuff, but cyber is a big portion of it. One of the things we see about cyber and what most people tend to only think happens are what we call cyber attacks, usually malicious in nature, intending to be destructive or to expose or delete or corrupt files and digital information. Well, also being afraid of the blowback, typically China doesn't do those types of attacks. Sure, they can and they have happened, but the majority of it is in China. They can't afford the blowback, don't want to deal with it. Again, probably Russia. If it looks like it's intentional to be destructive, that's probably Russia. That's how they operate. That's how a lot of countries operate. China's a bit different. I think that's why people get confused. I've often had a conversation even years ago on YouTube comparing China and Russia and trying to get people to understand how those two work and how they're different and what few similarities they have and why they are so different. It's because they do things just like us based on what's going to be the benefit of my country. What's going to get me the most out of it? What information do I need? What information do I want to manipulate and twist? What things do I want to do to gain the advantage, whether it's through Military, intelligence, money, general, national, world trade, any of those types of subjects, that's what they're heavily focused on. It doesn't matter who's partnered with who, who your trade partner is, who seems like an ally, an enemy, or frenemy. Everybody's out for themselves, just like people in general. That's the real truth of the situation. That's why these activities are so different. One of the things I'm looking at, and this is kind of an intro for it, I guess, for another episode, is doing another espionage in the news that I haven't done in a while. There's a lot more of that popping up in recent weeks. It's something I've been asked about. i got a few articles shared with me that I've been looking at, and I'm probably going to cover another espionage in the news just to remind you that it's happening, see how countries are dealing with it differently, which countries are spying on who, which spies have been caught recently, who is a spy, who isn't, just like that former Marine in Russia, whether or not he's a spy. A lot of people had a lot of reasons out there why he probably wasn't a spy. I was one of the guys that said, if I had to make the guess now, he probably is. Now it's looking like he actually might be. We'll see how that plays out. Something else to take note to, especially the way at least the United States looks at countries like Russia and China, or at least I'd say the voters, the citizens do, is if there's some sort of cyber activity, espionage or not, or cyber attack, and it gets tracked down to say it came from inside China or inside Russia, we always seem to automatically equate that to the country, meaning that government's involvement, and that's not always the case. There's many times when it has nothing to do with those governments. It's private citizens, whether just young hackers or more sophisticated organizations, that even if they're doing stuff on behalf of that country, 
or I'd say for their benefit, they're not doing it at their behest where it's completely unknown. And sometimes they do pay for those activities when they try to act in the national interest as they see it. Even if it is to the favor of that government, that government takes it out on them, punishes them, or does even worse because they got caught and got found out and the government, of course, didn't want that to happen. So another mistake we commonly make is running to that rash judgment of, well, it came out of this location in this country. Therefore, that means the country itself was behind it. Not always the case. You got to look a little bit deeper than that. That's the same mistake people make when they're working in the world of espionage and the spy world, or whether they're collecting or doing counterintelligence or analyzing information is jumping to conclusions without actual factual information. Not truths, not evidence, factual information that you can make assessments on to determine whether or not that's the case. The other thing, too, is when you take out the fact that people don't have this training, we often just look at whatever information from wherever we'd like to get it. We don't cross-reference it with anything else. And we don't realize that we're doing one of two things. One, we're only finding stuff we like that supports what we're saying, probably confirmation bias. Or two, we don't like these other ideas that are opposed to us because they conflict with our beliefs, more of a cognitive bias. If you find yourself taking one of those positions, especially a lot or on a subject you know you get emotional about, it's probably one of those biases. And that's something I hope everybody can try to conquer if they really want to look in the information. I mean, if you want to be happy about something or be upset about something, that's fine. That's your choice to do. But if you really want to know what's going on, you got to be more objective about it. Seek out experts. Seek out the knowledge and information. Stop avoiding all the places you think have bad information and stop only going to the places you think are the only ones with good information and start learning about that other group, that other group of information you haven't even looked at yet from other sources that you're not even aware is out there or haven't really tried to look at. The important thing to remember is no matter who's doing what form of espionage or cyber espionage or whatever information they're collecting and what they're trying to do with it, the overall strategy is to get information you can use in your own best interest, not get caught, exploit it to its full benefit and milk it out for as long as possible before anybody discovers that you did it or makes changes to their security of their systems to stop you from doing it in the future. That's why it's a world of secrets and lies. Wherever you're at, please leave a comment or a question for me, but let me know what you think about podcasts more like this, where I try to do more in a week than I typically do, but I have them a bit shorter. I'll still occasionally do the longer ones at 30 minutes to an hour, but I'm trying to do more information out there in smaller pieces for people on the go that can sit down and Maybe you can sit down and listen to an hour podcast. Well, that might mean you just listen to three or four of them. But a lot of people can't do that, don't get the amount of time they need to, don't have those times available for them. So let me know what you think about doing more podcasts, a little shorter in length, hitting tidbits of information, then occasionally doing that longer one. Wherever you're at and whatever platform you're on, I want to thank you for being a subscriber and a supporter of this podcast. I really enjoy doing it. I hope you're finding the information you like. Definitely send me a comment or a question whenever you want. I have got links in the show notes to our Intel training page where you can get free Intel training as well as contacts for social media. My email, if you have any questions, I have received many questions recently and some great show ideas that are going to take a little time and effort. So I hope that you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and share. And especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review if you like this and so we can get that up there in the system for people to see so we can get more people to listen, get this information. That being said, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and our previous short episodes. And I will be back for you here again soon, right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.